the Work Wonders podcast, brought to you by Asta HR, where we simplify the human side of business. I'm Angela. And I'm Susan. Let's dive into today's episode and find out what you've been wondering about. In today's episode, we're going to dig into an issue that's important for all of us, psychosocial safety in the workplace. Did you know that if you have a business in Australia, you have legal responsibilities related to psychosocial safety? So listen in to find out what that's all about, what it means for you and your business. This is the Work Wonders Podcast. Hi, Angela. Hi, Susan. So today's episode, we're going to dive into three main topics around psychosocial safety. Firstly, we'll talk about what it is. It's a big term. (laughs) And um, second, we'll think about what it means for you as our listener and your business. And three, what should we do about it? So, Susan, start us off by telling us what is a psychosocial hazard? Yeah, a psychosocial hazard. I'm lucky I managed to say it without tripping <laughs> over that word. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, so, according to Safe Work Australia, a psychosocial hazard is anything that could cause psychological harm. So, that's a harm to a person's mental health, or it could also cause physical harm. Okay. So, if you think about it, a psychosocial hazards can create stress. Stress in itself is not necessarily a bad thing, but it can cause psychological, physical harm, especially if it's um, over a long period of time Mm -hmm. and the level of stress is high. So psychological harm that may be caused would include anxiety, depression, Mm -hmm. PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, sleep disorders, Mm -hmm. anything along those mental health lines where we're affected. Um, And then, of course, physical harm created by stress might be things such as a heart attack, I guess, or um, musculoskeletal injuries, chronic disease, or even fatigue. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of long-term fatigue. And like you're saying, yeah, it's either gone gone on for a long time or it's something has to be a bit unusual or or extreme about it to cause that harm. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but um, when we're looking at hazards in the workplace, you know, there's a lot of different things that can be causing psychosocial harm. Okay. So tell us, in the work context then, you know, stress is unfortunately something that people feel, but, you know, if we think about psychosocial hazards just in the workplace, what are we looking out for? Well, you know, it's interesting. When I started reading through this list, I thought, oh, well, this is basically what we HR types have been (laughs) telling people for a long time (laughs) might be dangerous. But now um, we've got safe work behind us. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Basically saying, yes, these are hazards that need to be managed. Big bad legislation that bosses you around to do the right thing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So if you look at things like job demands. Okay. So there have been cases where people have been required to work long hours. it's interesting, actually. I, I could go on a whole rant about startups, for example. Yeah. That people are coming to startups to work within them who weren't the founders but are expected to put in the same amount of hours that a founder <gasps> as would. As a founder, yeah. Okay. I mean, and we both know in our experience as founders yeah. <laughs> um, 
That's a lot. Yes. I'm often thinking to myself, I would not treat an employee the way I'm treating myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I can't imagine doing that to someone. That'd be awful. Yeah. So if you're, you know, if you're expecting someone to work the same hours that you work maybe or, you know, working 60 hours a week or whatever, that's a, that's a high job demand. That could be a psychosocial hazard. Um, conversely to that or related to that is um, job control. So people feeling like they don't have any control over either the amount of work that they're doing or the content. So that's your traditional micromanagement. Everybody probably knows that term that, you know, they feel like they're stuck always waiting for the next thing to be told to do or always being watched. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, being told, well, we want this done and we want it done this way and we don't care if you've got a master's degree or whatever and you've got your own ideas, you'll do it this way. So um, that low job control can be a psychosocial hazard. Uh, Likewise, if people are feeling like they're not supported in the workplace. That's obvious one, yeah. You want want to feel like... It's a nice place to go. That you, it's a soft landing if there's something that goes wrong or you need help with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For even that there's someone that you can talk to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. one of the highest predictors of well-being at work is whether we've got a, a work friend. Mm, okay, so someone that we can have those conversations with. The next one, which I think probably makes uh, the HR people's heart sing. Well, not really. But <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of this is lack of role clarity. As opposed to the other one where it was quite demanded and specific despite what the person may know and contribute, but actually not giving much direction at all. Exactly, or being in a position, uh, I'm just trying to think of an example, where you've been brought in um, under a particular position description, you think "This this is your job, but then when you do that part of your job or a part of your job, finding that someone else thinks that's oh, their dear. baby. Oh, so that's awkward. You know, <laughs> that would be awkward, wouldn't it? <laughs> that could be a psychosocial hazard. <laughs> um, but I think also that, that clarity about, you know, this is how the organisation is arranged, this is how work is mm. designed, mm. that's something that people like us yeah. <laughs> are always begging on about. Yeah. It comes from a very clear structure. So, and very easily prevented. Yes, yes, yes. As are a lot of the things that are going to come up as we go through this well, list. Well, that's good news because, I mean, nobody wants people to be having heart attacks or car accidents or, I don't know, feeling depressed or anything like that. So it's good that we can do something about it preventatively. We would actually like people to be happy at work, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Spend too much time at work not to be. Yeah, exactly. So... Next on my list was poor organisational change management. Oh, change management's <laughs> a big one, isn't it? So uh, that's, you, you know, when you've got big things happening usually, so change of CEO or, you know, restructure completely, those big disruptive things. And we know not everybody responds to change positively. It's not always an easy thing. Well, this is correct. Um most of us feel a bit uncomfortable when there's change. But what's happened over the last few years, of course, is that we've got these layers of change. We, you know, you, 
I remember back in the <laughs> long time ago, uh, you know, working in the eighties, nineties. You know, there'd be a change at work, and then that you'd have time for that to settle in until the next big change, and was sort of one after the other. But now, we things are moving so fast mm. that there's all these multi layers of change. Yeah, that's true. So if that's not properly managed and communicated, um, that can have an effect on people's mental yeah. health. Be overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. As you've been listening to our topics over the various episodes, I wonder, has there been something that's popped out for you? Something that you would like to know more about, or maybe a particular topic that we haven't yet discussed? We'd love to bring that to you, so please let us know and we'll prepare that information and bring you an episode that you're looking for. You can do that by getting in touch with us via our website, astahr.com.au. For now, it's back to the episode. Another example of a psychosocial hazard at work is inadequate reward and recognition. Mm-hmm. So we've all heard about Maslow and the you know the hygiene factors. We need to be paid what we're worth. Sure. Yep. But this is more than that, I guess. I mm. mean, obviously underpaying and wage theft and all that would be a psychosocial hazard, but it can also be simple things like people not feeling like they're adequately recognised for their contribution. Yeah, as you're saying that, I'm thinking people come to work for a lot of different reasons, but nobody goes there to do a bad job. I know. Somebody would want to come to work to feel like they contribute, share their knowledge, I don't know, have some creative freedom, Mm. whatever it may be. Like you're saying there, they want to feel like that's recognised at a very basic level, not necessarily, you know, does everybody need financial incentive, but, you know, having some sort of, recognition, whether it's a thank you or I notice you or having those opportunities. Yeah, and actually that leads well into the next one, which was about um, organisational justice or fairness or transparency, okay. I guess, where, you know, you want you would like to think that people are treated equally within yeah. an organisation and things like, you know, what we call procedural justice or natural justice are applied. So, again, that can be a psychosocial hazard if yeah. it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, um, probably a more obvious one in terms of you know, people's mental health and psychosocial safety is when there's a traumatic event or they're exposed okay. to material that might cause them trauma Yeah, and making sure that that's managed in the workplace. Mm. Yeah, that would be awful. So not necessarily a trauma. Well, it could be a trauma outside the workplace. It might, it might impact the workplace. But it could be something like, I don't know, potentially someone you know has, a, has an emergency or, a, you know, quite injured or something in the workplace and exactly. that's traumatic. You know, accidents happen yeah. at work and on the way to and from work yeah. as well. Another source of psychosocial hazard could be remote or isolated work. Oh, okay. So where you have workers who um, are working on their own on a particular job site or who work different hours to the rest of your yep. workforce or you know, any sort of shift work needs to be considered. I guess the, the hazard there might be because they're alone, they could be missing that social interaction, that exactly. bouncing off ideas, the collaboration. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah exactly. Um, and, and not just that, you know, just, uh, I know there are some jobs where people have to travel a lot yeah. on their own and that sort oh, of Oh, yes, yeah, okay. Know, 
loneliness, mm. basically. Yeah. Um, a poor physical environment, that's probably a more obvious one from yeah. a WHS perspective. Mm-hmm. It's more like other WHS hazards that mm-hmm. we're familiar with. So it could be you know, not having the right equipment, not having a comfortable chair, yeah. if you use a chair. Mm. The next few on my list are actually more obvious. Okay. So <laughs> I would say that all of the things that we've talked about so far are things that you wouldn't immediately go, oh, psychosocial hazard, yeah. you know, it's not really a flashing red light at yeah. you. But it's important for us to be aware of how we might be contributing to affecting someone's okay. mental health. Mm. Yeah. So these others are things like violence and aggression in the workplace, um, be that from other employees or from members of the public or our clients. Okay. So they're, as I said, more familiar to us in terms of work health and safety hazards, but also it's not just the physical harm that we're looking at here, yeah. it's the psychological harm as well. Uh, bullying. Mm, yep, Okay. Harassment, including sexual harassment. Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. And also any sort of conflict or poor workplace mm. relationships. Mm-hmm. So you might have those interactions that don't count as bullying. Yeah. But may... Some tension. Yeah, exactly. Happening. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, people feel that they're being treated unfairly yep. or they have some sort of grievance. Mm-hmm. And if there's not a process in place for them to... To have that addressed, mm, then yeah, that, that could lead to psychosocial harm as yeah, well. Yeah, anxiety or depression. Or, yeah, 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 I can understand that link, yeah. Another thing we need to be aware of is that psychosocial hazards may interact or combine to create new, mm. changed and higher risks. So Nasty cocktail. Yes, and it might also be combined with other types of hazards in the workplace that we, you know, safety issues. I think I've got an example for you there. I know of a story of an employee who was working that not normally during the night she worked day Monday to Friday, but like you're saying there, there was an expectation of extended work. There was some large project and she was working in the evenings. She travelled from, I'm not exactly sure, I can't recall, somewhere to somewhere, (laughs) but she travelled in the car late in the evening and she was already tired and she had a car accident and very right. injured herself quite badly. So that there, she had to have a lot of time off work. But she was not only exhausted mm. from all of that and, and then those demands placed on her, but she actually had a physical injury as well. Exactly. So that was a good example, Angela, of the sort of hazards that might not create psychosocial risks on their own but may do so if they're combined with other risks, yeah. other hazards. Another example would be when workloads are really high and workers can't take breaks and there's no one else around to help them. While a high workload on its own might not be a psychosocial hazard, um, when that's combined with them being isolated Mm. and not having someone else to jump in so they can have a break, Mm. then um, the risk is higher. And if that goes on for a long period, a person can very quickly start to feel not just isolated, but feel let down by their employer. So, phew, (laughs) that was a long list (laughs) and I'm sure it wasn't exhaustive. There's probably more, but in summary, you know, let's pull that all together a bit. So we're talking that psychosocial hazards can come from the design or the management of the work, they can come from the environment, they can come from the equipment at the workplace 
or it can come from workplace interactions or behaviours either with your colleagues or with clients. So they're the sort of things that you need to consider. Mm. So that's a bit of a list <laughs> of things to think about. And then you've got all the work, health and safety ones as well. There's a lot a lot there. But So actually, sorry to interrupt, but speaking about that, we'll be linking to a lot of resources on this. Um, don't feel that you have to immediately jump in and <laughs> try and remember what all those hazards are and check for them in your workplace. But there are some things that you can do. All right, Susan. So we've got our list and things we need to look for. What should we be doing about it as a business owner or a manager? If you're a business owner or manager, you're what we call a PCBU. So that's a person conducting a business or undertaking. And anyone familiar with WHS legislation? That will be familiar. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And your responsibility in this case is to eliminate psychosocial risks or if it's not reasonably practicable, practicable, I knew I'd trip on that one, um, to eliminate them, then to minimise them as far as as far as it's practical for you to do so. Okay, so that sounds a lot like a physical hazard, you know, mm. tripping over a box or something like that. We want to first try and eliminate if we can, if not reduce the risk of it happening. So sounds like the formula is the same. We're just exactly. applying it to a different type of hazard. And I think that's the easiest way to think about managing psychosocial hazards in your workplace is to treat it like any other risk management exercise. And the process that you need to go through to show that you've considered the risks and that you're taking those reasonable steps to manage them are exactly identical Mm -hmm. to any other, the way you treat any other WHS risk. So if I'm a business owner and I've already got some systems and forms in place to handle those hazards, identify them, think about what to do and consult and all those things, can I just pick up that process and now apply it to these new forms of hazards? Don't see why not, do you? (laughs) Sounds good to me. (laughs) Why why reinvent the wheel if it's already there? We just want to now expand our thought around psychosocial hazards. Yeah, so it's a different class of hazard, if you like. But basically you'd be going through the same four steps. You know, you identify the hazard, so you need to find out what could cause harm, and then you're going to assess the risks. So you want to understand the nature of the harm the hazard could cause, how serious it could be. So a lot of those things that I listed you may think are more or less Mm, serious mm. and this is where you start consulting with your staff about the risks and how you're going to control them because a lot of how open you are to to difficulties, I'm trying to think of the right word, um, to challenges on this will depend on your staff and the individuals. Yeah. So we've talked about identifying the risk. Assessing the risks and um, the likely how serious it's going to be and how likely it is to happen. And then the next step is controlling the risks. Mm-hmm. So this is where you're going to implement whatever's the most effective control measures. Right, so we're taking action here. Yeah. And so when you're taking action, you're really going through a process of looking at eliminating the risk mm-hmm. if it's possible to do so. If that's not possible to eliminate, what can you you do to effectively control it and minimise the risk. And then you need to make sure that what you've implemented is going to be effective over time, which leads us into step four, which is your review step. So you're going to review your control measures, ensure that they're still working as you planned, making changes if you need to. 
I'm imagining a circular thing here. We keep coming back. Yeah. If you want to review it, you again analyze it and so yeah. on. Yeah, okay. And as we're saying, any you know, that's a risk management model that would be familiar to most business owners, I would hope. Mm. So as we mentioned earlier, SafeWork provides a lot of resources on this, mm-hmm. as do the various state bodies. Yeah. And we'll be putting up some links to some of those and some of the downloads in now. Mm-hmm. Show, in notes. show notes. Well, I like that, Susan. That's a really um, full list to start us thinking about all the different types of psychosocial hazards and what they might be. And then taking that work health and safety system or that analysing risks and understanding how to eliminate or reduce the risk and applying that to now those new types of hazards. So I wonder how what that means for you and your business and what you might do with that information now you've listened to today's episode. Is there one thing that might have stuck out for you or one thing that you might be changing as you go away today back into your day? listening to the Work Wonders podcast brought to you by Asta HR. Hit the subscribe button now to never miss an episode. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, you can find us over at astahr.com.au. See you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.